I know a lot of farmers don't even have a garden these days. They buy the produce at Walmart as well. So how do you hope to expect uh, to convince city people to grow a garden when, you, when farmers are not even doing it themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Nice to meet you earlier, by the way, sir. I, I don't know if our goal is primarily just to convince people, but if we are able to provide the opportunity and the awareness and the education that that is an option, I think fundamentally as, as citizens, um, we guide ourselves um, with, uh, based on the freedoms that we have. Uh, nobody can tell me to do anything. Nobody can tell you to do anything. Um, so we need to sort of offer these opportunities to people. Uh, but that is, a, that is the challenge, the convenience. We're absolutely addicted to convenience. I mean, if we can't go down and get something, we're just, I'm writing a letter to the MLA. And, uh, you know. So we, you know, if we don't have something right in front of us in the 21st century, um, then, um, then maybe we'll act. So I guess the challenge would be to try to go and remove all the food from all the stores, and when there's no food left, maybe we'll start growing it. That's not going to happen. So, but what we can do um, uh, as a grassroots movement, and again, I'm still searching for that word to replace grassroots, um, what we can do is continue to create awareness opportunities. And um, I'm not the only person that has um, you know, some ideas towards that. I know that I personally, I get political, and I get out there, and I share ideas, and I get into the media and say, you know, talk to people like, like, like people in this room. That's one way, but that, I'm one person. So um, farmers not growing their own food. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I don't think I have a, I don't think I have a, a complete solution for that. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure somebody does. And we will collectively come up with that solution. Um, I'm Trevor Page. Having retired from 30 years with the United Nations World Food Programme, the title of your talk obviously interests me. I really think, you know, the situation, the food situation is much worse than you portray. We're running out of food. The world is running out of food. I was just at the World Food Programme headquarters last week talking about um, urban agriculture, among other things. But I like your recommendations. And I do think there is a growing unease among communities, including this one, that, my goodness, we, our kids don't know where eggs come from. But that is a whole system of education and governance, and I don't want to get into that. I want to ask you specifically um, a question regarding the formation of a uh, food council locally. Now, you did say that health is the responsibility of the province, which is correct. But then I think you said that um, what we eat should be the responsibility of the municipality as opposed to it being the responsibility. I'd like a clarification on that. And if you'd like to elaborate on 
the food council other than the need that it be local I'd like to hear what you have to say thank you yeah, thanks uh, Mr. McRae was it McRae no my name is Trevor Page oh Trevor Page okay oh, thank you Mr. Page mm. that's really neat that you have that uh, hands-on experience um, creation of a local food policy council is I approach things politically a little different than some people um there's something called ad hoc, and this is the new 21st century socialism. And I don't mean to scare anybody with that word, that S word, but um, by just doing something. So the people at this table right here, if you decide that you want to do something, you don't need to become a society. You don't need to become an association. You just need to agree with each other that that's something that you all want to do and you're willing to work together. That's called ad hoc. So something like an acting food policy council for Lethbridge can happen before you leave this room. And now, if you want to keep taking it to the next level, you need to engage politicians. And a lot of times politicians go, well, we don't recognize you. Like we're having that problem right now, now with the city of Calgary. We don't recognize you. And they want us to become a society and, and an association. And we challenge them. We say, well, what is this? Are you trying to – do you acknowledge that we have – that our ideas have merit and that they're valid? Or is it who you're talking to? And so this is something that happens in politics all the time, and I'll let the politicians sort of grind that one out. But you can act as a citizen on anything. You can bring your voice forward on anything. And it's always great to be able to bring your voice forward in a, in, in, collectively because now you have a stronger voice. And you your have, response doesn't reassure me at all. No, I, well, okay, well, the other uh, side you, of it is... You mentioned Cuba as the leading the way in urban agriculture. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're aware that the only reason that it is is that there's an enormous government infrastructure on extension behind urban agriculture in Cuba. So without the support of our elected members of the, uh, whether it be council or if you want to move it up to higher levels and our system of governance, it's one thing getting an awareness among the community, and I believe that is growing and it's good that talks like you help. But to move it forward, we need some organization. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I mean, that's developed, but I'm saying don't let the fact that you're not a society or an association hinder the fact that you're bringing your voice forward. Now, I do 100% support that um, the government should get involved and recognize organizations and support organizations. Cuba came about because of Perestroika, Glasnost, and the collapse of the Berlin Wall. So the rise and fall of communism is very closely connected to urban agriculture in Cuba. When there wasn't anything on the shelves in Cuba, people said, oh, we better start growing food because they became so dependent on the the Russian economy and the Russian food production system. So um, amazingly, I don't know how they did that. But anyway, so uh, the number of calories that Cubans were eating under the, under the Russian regime, the communist regime, was something like 1,200 calories. And now they're, now they're up around 2,300 or something like that based on their own urban agriculture system. And people are working, and they're using just about every square foot of land they can towards urban agriculture. They have something like 100,000 urban farms now. And these are small-scale farms, sustainable, small-scale subsistence farms that help that maintain a family, and uh, it's working. So from a Food Policy Council perspective... Yes, get organized, have meetings. We've done, I mean, we're, 
Food Policy Council in Calgary is one of the youngest in North America. We're, we're just coming up to our first year, our first anniversary. And we're getting organized. Every time we meet, we become better organized. But getting the ideas out there and having people talk, you don't need to be a society or uh, you don't need to be an association to present to present ideas. So I'm just suggesting that ad hoc is one way to at least initiate it and get the ball rolling. So um, don't feel like you need to organize formally from a legal perspective before you get these amazing ideas in front of local decision makers. I hope I answered your question, and I'm no, quite, no, quite willing. No, no, you didn't answer your question. You didn't give me satisfaction because your conclusion is come up with a food council. Agreed. Now, what is your experience in Calgary so that we can learn and not reinvent the wheel down here? Okay. Um, my uh, feisty, um, my um, conclusion is not food policy council. My, my, I'm, I'm actually going to be starting a farm next year. Uh, that's that's kind of my conclusion where I'm going. I'm going to actually start becoming a producer myself. I'm going to keep my one foot involved in politics, one foot on the farm. But um, what I'm suggesting is that's one way for us to find a voice. There's so many different options, and research is part of that. Find out what other people are doing. Look at what's happening in communities like San Francisco, for, for instance, um, where they have asked the mayor, and the mayor has an awareness of this issue, and he is given a directive to his entire staff to identify every potential space in San Francisco that could be used for urban agriculture. He wants an inventory. Does the, does the Lethbridge mayor have an inventory? Well, I don't need to go start a society to ask the Lethbridge mayor if he has an inventory and call the media and say, hey, does the Lethbridge write a letter to the editor? There's all types of ways that we can act. But I'm suggesting to get the ball rolling, get the train away from the station, is to start something ad hoc, start forming from this meeting, um, put a notice out. We're going to have our first meeting and start to talk about food policy. Now, we've started 2011 by 2011, which is a campaign to create awareness, and we're finding our way too because this is a new game that's dominated by industrial agriculture and factory farming. So um, one of the pitfalls uh, to try to address that issue with the Food Policy Council was people just didn't even know what food policy was. They go, what's food policy? And I'd say, well, it's policy about food, and, and that just doesn't cut it. So we, we're trying to find out what's happening with our local food system and engaging with our local food system. So food policy is where I believe uh, the shovel hits the dirt. And there are a lot of different ways to skin a muskrat. So you decide which way you want to do it. And I'm not here to tell anybody which way that you have to do it, but here's one of your options. And um, often, being the father of a seven-year-old child, I explore. You know, like, here's one of your options. It doesn't always have to be that way. And because it's fledgling, and because it's young and new, and we're trying to move this forward, you're going to find there's a lot of different ways to approach this. And I don't know if anything's particularly wrong. Um, I, I invite you to also share with everybody, you know, some of the options that we have. And if you do have that kind of experience, I would say that you're a valuable member of that organization right off the bat. So I think you may be our first chair of our Lethbridge Food Policy Council. Right on. Excellent, excellent. Well, there you go. Meeting at your place. My name is Pano, Pano Karkanis, and uh, my question is about growth hormones. Now, they give growth hormones to beef, to pork, and to chicken. Actually, you cannot buy 
any feed for chicken in particular and others unless uh, it has uh, growth hormone. They do add growth hormones. Now, I read a research paper about growth hormones. Uh, it was on mice. And uh, the, the result of, of this paper is if anybody, anybody, mice or I suppose human, uh, they have uh, a tendency or they have uh, a cancerous uh, growth, growth hormones will make it grow faster and quicker. Mm. Now, I wonder, my question is, what do you think of that uh, growth hormones to our beef, pork, chicken? And if anything, we can do to uh, try to uh, have a solution for that. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for your question, sir. I appreciate that. The, um, I'm, not, I'm definitely not a fan of growth hormones. Uh, I'm not a fan of the massive amount of chemicals and medical-related uh, items that we put into the into our animals, um, heavily subsidized, and uh, it, um, I, I find it really scary that we have this many, this massive amount of chemicals in our society today. Um, that that what I mentioned before, thirty thousand to fifty thousand chemicals found in in all types of organisms that we're eating that they weren't there before sixty years ago. So we don't even know. Sometimes we don't even know the effects of a single chemical. The full effects of a single chemical. What about the cumulative effects of all of those together? We, we just we don't know. And how are we going to know? So, but we're going to see in the next few years, and we're seeing it now. Um, to, to address the the growth hormone in particular, um, I think that through ethical raising of livestock, um, I think you can achieve, you can achieve some some phenomenal growth. Um, and uh, but you have to allow the animal to have access to proper uh, grazing areas and proper foods. And it is, you're right, I, I've tried to buy organic chicken scratch and it's next to impossible. It's got some kind of an additive. Everything has some kind of an additive in it. So um, these things are very rare. So there's, there's, there's an opportunity in the market to provide for that. And I'm speaking to um, the table, we talked a little bit about some of the foods that we can access. And they are out there. So it's incumbent on ours, ourselves to do the research and find out wh who is growing grass-fed beef, who is, has free-range chickens, um, you know, who is allowing their animals to graze ethically, uh, who is not battery farming and factory farming, Who's, who is growing foods organically. I mean, it's, it's kind of up to us and to find them, know a farmer, and support a farmer. I hope that answers your question. And there's other people in this room that may have some thoughts on that, but I'm, I'm definitely opposed to the introduction of any, any more chemicals into our system, that's for sure, especially uh, growth hormones. Thank you, sir. My name is Sylvia Campbell, and uh, you were almost leading into what my question is, and that is how can we form relationships with small farmers and family farmers and producers who have, have really been suffering from this industrial pattern of, of production. So I know that some larger cities like Vancouver and I don't know about Calgary have, have organizations have organized a system for farmers to bring in produce on a, on a planned basis. And actually, their their customers are really supporting their their industry. They they pay a, a monthly amount, 
Mm-hmm. Have you looked at anything like that in Calgary? Absolutely. That's um, thanks, uh, Mrs. Campbell. Um, that's what I was referring to about the um, CSA, the Community Supported Agriculture, is what you're referring to. And so you would buy a you would buy a membership in um, in that individual's farm, and usually it happens at the beginning of the season so that they have enough. Uh, financial inputs to to meet their needs so they can get the crop into the soil and uh, initiate their market garden. And uh, as the harvest comes in over a course of 15 to 20 weeks, you'll get a little bit of produce every week that will give you back your roughly average is about $300. So you get about 15 to 20 deliveries and uh, mixed deliveries of mixed vegetables. So so how do you do that? Um, Well, we're trying to promote that. That's part of what a a food policy council can do um, is to promote local producers or regional producers and uh, comes with research. And so we've uh, accumulated and worked with other groups and have accumulated information about local producers and we try to share that with our membership and try to share that uh, digitally through the web. So in a social media environment, um, that's one of the things we do. There are a lot of players in that game in Calgary uh, right now. There's a lot of people that are creating that awareness of local producers, restaurants that are using local foods, um, those types of things. So it, it, it's happening. And it's as simple as just doing some research and calling around. Uh, take an afternoon, make three or four calls. And every producer knows who those other producers are. They know who those other guys that are in the game. So just uh, just like a hockey player knows who's on the ice at any given time, same with the producers. So um, asking producers who's, what's going on in the Lethbridge area, get some names. Um, talk to somebody and try to get share that information through neighbors or through the web or um, lots of options. Did that answer your question, Ms. Campbell? Yes, you did. Okay, thank you, Mel. And, and then and then do your best to support, find, identify a producer and support that individual. Buy your eggs from that individual. Buy your vegetables from that individual. Buy your beef from that individual. Sign up and subscribe. So you vote with your you vote with your wallet. I want to thank Paul again for providing some uh, interesting answers to all the questions the community had. And and uh, he's left some contact information, so is it okay if he if, if people have further questions or want more information, they can contact you um, don't through uh, yeah, don't so who the phone of the con- people? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. No. 